Running a small business can be very hard. Entrepreneurs wear so many hats. Marketer, appointment setter, content creator, consultant, If you're still running your small business on your own, you've just created another job for yourself. Hire help today. Scale your business, attain more clients, and generate more revenue. Let FlexPro Staffing Solutions build your business by hiring a virtual assistant at an affordable cost. Dedicated to all my beautiful queens, all my beautiful ladies out there. She is a queen. of the key chat today my special guest is miss cammy barnes cammy is a motivational speaker a coach she's an author she has a new book out called securing the bag big audacious goals so we're going to chat it up regarding her new book and also a lot of other great things she's doing and of course round out everything with self-love how are you doing today i am doing great so blessed and grateful to be here with you today Awesome. I'm so happy to speak with you. So I wanted to dive in first, actually, just give us some a bit of your background on what inspired you to be a motivational speaker and a coach. I know I read up on you and I read that you were a second generational teen mother. You've dealt with a lot of different traumas, which we'll touch on too. But I wanted to definitely ask you what inspired you to be a motivational speaker and a coach? Because I know it's a lot when we come through and overcome some different traumas. There's two different directions we could take, but you take a direction to guide and help others with everything that you've experienced. So what inspired you with your mission right now as a speaker and a coach? Absolutely. It is exactly my background, my upbringing, my experiences with overcoming so many challenges that has inspired me to be a motivational speaker um, and inspire the businesses that I have as well. It's pretty much become pretty like central to who I am as a woman to pour into people, to inspire, to uplift, to encourage them because I know what it's like to be on the receiving end of the opposite of that. And so it's my purpose it has become my purpose that through all of those things, the trials, the tribulations, the challenges, that I stand here, I sit here, and I'm able to use those things as a platform to 
reach out and be a beacon of light to anybody who needs it. Awesome. You know, one thing that I saw just researching and looking at your site is one of the videos that you had and you touched on something that was super important about what is the point in your life where you were told who you were supposed to be, where the world defined you, or let's say our circumstances define us. I think a lot of times we go through different things in life, of course, that we didn't expect because life tends to be unfair at times. And we could allow that to define us and it can either make or break us. So I just thought that was so, it was just so in your face and it really made a mark just hearing that statement from you on your site. And I wanted to ask you about that. How can someone overcome becoming who they really meant to be as opposed to what circumstances or the world has told them they're supposed to be? Because it takes a brave person to step out. So how can a person become who they're meant to be as opposed to who the world has told them they should be? I will say that for me, and this may not be the case for everybody, but for me and central to who I am and what motivates me and keeps me going, I tap into the source. So that having that identity issue of not knowing who you are, not understanding your worth, all of that can be remedied when you know who you are and whose you are and start seeing yourself the way that God sees you. Um, again, I know that that's not everybody's um, thing. There are people that, you know, have different spiritualities and things like that. Uh, people who maybe for whatever reason shy away from religion. But I can say that for myself personally, my faith is very, very important when it comes to recognizing who I am, when it comes to being able to tap in to a source higher than myself, greater than myself, whenever I feel depleted, whenever I feel like, you know, life is beating me down, if I'm spread too thin, all of those things, I'm able to tap in. And one thing that I have, there's a phrase that I have written on a dry erase board in my office. It says, I am who God says I am, and he has me covered. And that's enough. That's all encompassing. That covers everything. So there is nobody who can come to me at this point in my life. And of course, like I said, this was not always the case because I am an abuse survivor. I experienced emotional and physical abuse uh, growing up as a child as well, which is actually how I ended up in some of the situations that I did end up in um, as a teen and as a young adult. But knowing that, being able to tap into that, really having a full understanding of who I am in him, who I am in God, has really just opened up a whole new door for me because there's not anywhere that I can go and not feel like I don't belong there, not feel like I don't have value because the confidence that I have comes from walking in my purpose. Mm -hmm. When you're purpose driven, when you're driven by something or someone higher than yourself and you're walking in that, it's God giving me everything that I need to, you know, to fuel me, to push me and lead me forward. So, so yeah, that's, that's how that works when it comes to me. Mm. And that is a very beautiful statement that she made because, again, and I'm speaking from experience as well, having experienced 
early trauma and also being in an abusive and physically and emotionally abusive relationship, it definitely breaks you down. And again, when we start to view ourselves through who God sees us and the beauty and the blessings, the worth, the value that he's placed upon us, it's not an overnight thing. But once you begin to have that mindset that you aren't who your circumstances are trying to define you as, it is a sense of freedom. It is a lot of work, though. But it's an amazing thing when a person can see their value and their self-worth, as you mentioned. So they can live a purpose-driven life, which is an amazing feeling. So I wanted to ask you about your book, which is called Securing the Bag, Big Audacious Goals. Can you break down what the bag means, the big audacious goals, and just tell us some more about the inspiration behind the book? So the funny thing is, we all know that securing the bag, it's a, it's a catchphrase. It's, it's something that you hear all the time, but it references more so chasing money or, you know, becoming financially free, all those sorts of things. So the bag is, the bag is typically uh, portrayed as money, financial freedom. But for my purposes, I use that phrase in bag, the word bag as an acronym for big audacious goals, because from my perspective, it's better to walk in your purpose. It's better to reach, you know, those goals of yours, because if you're if you're purpose driven and walking in your purpose and living the life that you should be living, working towards the things that you should be working towards, working on self-improvement and all of those things, the finances will come. The money will come. All of those things will come to you if you are in alignment with what you should be doing. So the the catchphrase in the title is meant really just to kind of grab people's attention because they'll see that and they're like, oh, securing the bag. Okay. And then they see like, oh, it's goals. Okay. So let me, let me check this out and kind of see what it is she's talking about here. Okay, okay. And as far as, for example, people who may be struggling in that in the meantime phase, because I think everyone goes through it in the meantime phase. Mm -hmm. Once you are aligned with your goals, as you mentioned, the finances, they don't come immediately. The connections don't come immediately. The, you know, the deals don't come immediately. But for those who have found their purpose and they're working towards those goals, securing that bag, the big audacious goals, dreaming big, achieving things that people may have told you you can't achieve, what's your advice as to how a person can stay motivated in that incubation period where they're, they know what they want, they see the light at the end of the tunnel, and they see that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, but they're still working towards it. So that becomes a bit of a struggle. So what would be your advice on just how to stay motivated and confident during that time period? So I would say getting clear, first of all, having clarity about what your goals are, and then you have to be, and that's where that title comes in again, you have to be bold and be audacious enough to even step out and work towards those goals because there are so many dreams and goals and hopes that just kind of shrivel up because people are too afraid to even take that step to even step out there and 
work towards those goals. Like there's there's million dollar ideas. I said that in one of my speeches. So there's million dollar ideas sitting in somebody's head right now because they're too afraid to even take that step forward. So the first step is going to be getting clear, having clarity on what you want, what does success look like for you? It's different for everybody. Everybody has their own idea of what success looks like for them. So getting clear on that and then putting together a plan, being strategic about what it is that you want and the steps that it's going to take to get there. So that's going to include some research. If it's starting a new business, you want to research that market. You want to find out, okay, are there some knowledge gaps that I have that are going to prevent me from getting where I need to be in this industry? Let me go ahead and look to see if there's some training courses. Is there a certification? What are those things that I need to do to prepare myself and become this person? So I have this image of who it is that I want to be and these things that I want to do. What do I need to do to get there? And so that's a part of getting strategic, creating your plan, having specific action steps you can take, setting deadlines as well, because a lot of us say, oh, I want to do X, Y, and Z. But until you actually put a plan, put an action step behind that thing, it's just sitting there because there's lots of people who say, oh, I want to do this, but then they're not taking any active you know, steps towards getting there. So all of those things are going to be key. And for me, and this is also something that I talk about in my book. So the book itself, I talk quite a bit about some of the things, some of the challenges that I encountered on my journey as I, you know, started my businesses and all those sorts of things. Um, I talk a little bit about my history and my upbringing and how all of that factors in, uh, sprinkling in some encouragement, some practical tips, um, all those sorts of things as well. And I also have a goals workbook in the back of this book as well. So um, one of the things that I talk about is, you know, just making sure that you are being strategic, being clear on what your goals are, being strategic about your goals, creating that plan. That plan for me, I'm anxiety prone. That's one of my Achilles heels is that I am anxiety prone. And some of that may come from the trauma history. And some of that may just be because I'm a bit of a type A personality. So I have to kind of be on things. I have to have a certain level of organization in order for me to function at my best. So one thing that really helps alleviate my anxiety, though, and helps to alleviate the fears that I have that try to creep in whenever I'm working towards something new is having that plan. Because me planning things out and having an answer and, again, pulling this from my book. So we all have this little voice in our head that can sometimes talk us out of what it is that we're trying to do. So my way of silencing that little annoying voice is, oh, this little voice is saying, oh, well, what if this happens and what if that happens? Well, I have an answer for that. I have a plan A, B, C, D, E, F. I have an answer for all those things. So I can silence that um, that noise that's trying to um, dis discourage me from moving forward and doing what it is that I've got my mindset on doing because I'm prepared. I have my preparation is on point. I've done my research. I've already looked at all these different possibilities. And so I know that, OK, if I go this way, 
oh, okay, well, this isn't working. Let me get to this point and assess a little bit how things are going. This isn't working, so let's pivot. We're not going to give up. We're going to pivot. We're going to shift this way, and we're going to take this path. That's plan B. Oh, okay, well, mm, this isn't quite working. Okay, let's let's come over here. Let's Let's make these changes, these adjustments. So all of that really just ties into that being prepared, and that's what's going to also help, you know, of course, in addition to everything else, that will help you, you know, feel more confident, feel more comfortable in moving forward. Mm. Yes, yes. I definitely do think that because I deal with anxiety, too, but I know a lot of that is a is a ton of trauma responses. You know, when you come from a place of trauma and recovery and healing, we tend to, I think, view things sometimes from a different lens. Um, and I definitely think that anxiety is just, you know, one of the unfortunate repercussions of maybe dealing with trauma, especially with abuse, because you are constantly on edge. You mm -hmm. are in a flight, flight or flight or fight mode, for sure. So I just think that's also one of the things with anxiety. And another thing that you mentioned, that voice in your head, I know a lot of us who are trying to build something or are on the path of success are already there. There's always going to be sometimes that imposter syndrome that sometimes will try to minimize your dreams or try to point out all the worst case scenarios. And it does cause a constant struggle sometimes for people. So I know, of course, in addition to being an author and a speaker, you're a coach. So with your services, I know you touched on a lot of great things that really can empower people as well. What is your ideal client with your coaching? Because I know I saw on your site that you do offer different services. What, um, In your case, what would you think is your ideal client? And what are some of the things that you've experienced in helping people as a coach and achieving their goals? Okay. So my ideal client, um, hmm, I could take that in a couple different directions. So mm -hmm. one of the types of coaching that I do is professional development coaching or leadership development coaching. So in that case, the ideal client would be someone, um, male or female, who is very ambitious, has goals that they're trying to reach, whether that's professionally. Also, so I do like a holistic approach. So there may be some goals you're working towards professionally, but there may be some gaps in your personal life that could be spilling over into that professional side and might be hindering you a little bit. So in that regard, um, anyone who is ambitious, has goals that they would like to reach, they have this drive towards success and towards stepping into their greatness, but they don't know how to get there. They're kind of feeling stuck in the moment. Maybe they're working a job and they, they've been okay. You know, it's a paycheck, but they're not feeling fulfilled. They know that there's something else that they could be doing that could make them feel more fulfilled. Or maybe there's this higher level position that they've been eyeing and they're like, oh, you know, I could see myself working in that role, but what do I need to do to get there? And so that's where I come in. I help them identify exactly what it is that they want, clarifying that. That was the step one. And then we put together a plan. So one of the things that I do is a bit of a visualization sort of exercise where you imagine yourself five years from now, 
What does that person look like? This version of you five years from now, 10 years from now, even. What does this version of you look like? What are they doing? What's, what, what are they doing in their career? What are they doing in their personal life? What does that look like? So you have to really get into your head and use your imagination and really picture this. So you want to be thinking about the sights, the sounds, the smells. Are you on vacation somewhere? Are you in this bigger house? Or like, what exactly does that look like? Mm -hmm. um, if it's a professional goal, if it's, oh, I want to be a director of X, Y, and Z. Who do you have to become to get there? What are the steps? What are the characteristics that this version of you, five years from now, this ideal version of you that you want to be, what's their personality like? What are some professional you know, qualifications that they have now? What are those certifications? What are those that knowledge and experience that this person five, 10 years from now has that you don't have right now? Hmm. And once we identify those things, we can really get specific about, okay, I need to do X, Y, and Z. Let me look into this program. Let me come over here and research this because this person that I can see myself being, it's attainable. I can do this. It's just a matter of putting those action steps in place and moving forward. Right, right. Definitely. I think a lot of times when we are held back or sometimes we have those goals and we may delay reaching them because faith without works is dead. We may have to dream sometimes, but sometimes people struggle with just simply starting. So mm -hmm. those are definite good points because again, you know, people have the dream in place sometimes, but they just really just haven't taken that one step simply to start. So that, that alone caused stagnation. So that is some very good points. I wanted to bear back with, again, just your experience dealing with the traumas and things like that. I know that you're currently also the executive director of the Safe Space Property Management, which is to help other women in domestic violence situations. Can you tell us some more regarding that company and also what motivated you? I know you had that past experience, but what really motivated you just to, again, help others, because sometimes we deal with our own traumas and our own healing, but it takes extra effort and extra special care when we want to help others in that same situation. Absolutely. So uh, Safe Space Property Management Incorporated is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We're also known as Safe Space ATL. That's one of our DBAs. Um, and we do provide supportive services to domestic violence survivors and their children. And uh, some of those services, so I will say that we take people on a case-by-case -case basis. We do an intake call with them. We assess their individual needs because everybody's needs are different. Um, so we assess each person's needs. We put together a case plan based on what their needs are, based on what their goals are. Um, if somebody is still in the situation, we do safety planning with them so that they can get out of that situation safely. We also do short-term emergency shelter, which uh, what that looks like is we house people in Airbnbs or extended stay. We have an agreement with extended stay um, until we can get them into a shelter bed or a more long-term solution. Um, mm -hmm. So we also provide barrier removal. So that can look like a, a variety of different things. So if the person, um, maybe they have a job, but child care is an issue. So we can assist with uh, some of those child care payments. 
um, if it's a vehicle. Oh, I have a vehicle, but it needs this work done on it. So one of the good things about being a smaller community-based org is that we have so much wiggle room to kind of be flexible and assist with each person's needs based on what they need. Um, so we also do support group meetings. We have a boys mentorship program as well. Um, I do career coaching. So that's where the, another aspect of the coaching piece is that I also do career coaching. I also have a background in um, human resources and workforce mm -hmm. development. So if they need help with a job, you know, we can do mock interviews. I can optimize the resume, those sorts of things. We do a couple of events a year. We do a school supplies drive. So we do the backpack giveaways with the school supplies in there. We do a annual holiday toy and coat drive around the holiday season. We do our uh, Thrive fundraising gala where we honor domestic violence survivors. Um, it's an opportunity for them to get dressed up and feel beautiful. And we purchase the dresses for them. You know, we have a nice sit down dinner. We do awards. We have an art auction, all those sorts of things um, as well. We do workshops in the community raising awareness and educating on intimate partner violence. Uh, so it's a variety of different things, but what inspired me to start the org, the idea was born in my heart when I was in the situation of escaping a domestic violence uh, relationship. Uh, it was me and my two daughters at the time. And I thought about it then, how there's such a lack of resources available. People think, people automatically assume if they've not been in that situation that there's help available. Oh, they can just go to a shelter. Oh, they can just do this. But they don't realize that 99% of the time, the shelters are full. There are no shelter beds available. Most of the time when you call any shelter, and I would venture to say that this is probably the case throughout the country, not just in the state of Georgia, but you call a shelter, oh, we don't have beds available. We'll, you know, keep calling back and we'll let you know if we have a bed available. If we have a bed open up, then you can go really quick. But how long does that take? We don't know. So there's a lack of resources available in that, in that regard. So um, luckily for me, I had a friend at the time who allowed me and my daughters to come and stay with her for a couple of months while I saved up the money to, um, you know, first month's rent and deposit to get us back situated, but everybody doesn't have that type of support. And then, um, so fast forward years and years later, rebuilt my life from the ground up, um, you know, went on my own healing journey, you know, therapy, addressing all those things, remarried in a healthy, happy relationship, have a new baby. Um, but I decided to start the org in 2019 because I feel like God was kind of poking at me because it almost, and it's, it's so funny because it's almost like I, I could hear the voice saying like, okay, you're going to do this now. And then you know how we can kind of put stuff up like, oh, you know, I don't have all the pieces in place and all this, that, and the third. And then I just kind of felt this nudge like, girl, if you don't go ahead and do it. So started the org, didn't have all the pieces in place didn't really have, I had never run a nonprofit org before, mm -hmm. um, but I felt this strong push to just go for it. And so I did that. Uh, here we are four years later, we've grown over the years. The vision has evolved quite a bit because I didn't know exactly 
the types of services I wanted to provide. I didn't know what that was going to look like. But over mm -hmm. time, and that's one thing, when it, really when it comes to anyone's goal, whether no matter the kind of business you have, that vision can evolve a bit. It can start to grow. You may have been focused on this thing. And then over time, you start to see a, you know, a need for other things. And so you're like, huh, I can do this. I can do that. And so it just kind of grew from there. So, so yeah, that's, that's where we are with it. Well, I definitely commend you with that because just from my own personal experience as well. I've had many personal struggles. I've gone through mental, physical, emotional abuse. I've also grew up with low self-esteem, not feeling my value, not understanding how worthy I was. And I was able to learn through the power of self-love to overcome those sinking feelings to be healthy, healed, and whole. I know how hard it can be to just find your place. Some of us are still struggling. We want to find our place in this world. And we want to know our purpose. And sometimes that purpose may be being healthier. Sometimes that purpose may also be leaving that nine to five, leaving that toxic work environment. Sometimes that healing may look like just simply being healthy, happy, and loving yourself, being out of that low self-esteem. That's why I created Go Queen. I wanted to reach out to other women and show them that you may have been knocked down a few times, but you definitely will not be counted out. You can take that pain that you've experienced and you don't have to be ashamed. You can take that pain and you can build your purpose. Life is so short, we are not allotted the time that we arrogantly think that we have. We have to live in our dreams and purpose right now. So what's stopping you? Maybe you don't know how to manage your time properly. Maybe you're thinking, hey, I have this nine to five. I don't have the time to follow that dream and I'll just put it off on the back burner. But one thing I can tell you that is guaranteed, each and every one of us, has a day and a time when we will no longer be on this earth. So you don't have the time to waste anymore. As a purpose coach and brand strategist, I'm committed to helping women of color rise above their challenges and create purposeful and passion-driven brands. You can reflect your unique story. Let me be your guide in this journey of healing and growth. You don't have to let your past hold you back from a bright future. You can turn your pain into power. You deserve to win. I definitely commend you with that because just from my own personal experience as well, dealing with that with three children, there's so many stigmas and taboos behind that whole situation. And again, people who have not been in that situation, they really cannot understand why people do not leave or why they don't leave as soon as they would have recommended they leave because there's so many barriers after leaving, there's post-separation abuse, there's financial abuse, there's abuse through the court system, 
And some people, like I, like you mentioned as well, if they have not been in that situation, they simply cannot comprehend nor get any of it. Right. So I definitely can that you like it crazy. They talk about you. Oh, she's oh, just, yeah. oh, she must like it because, you know. Oh, yeah. Trust me, I've, I've heard it. <laughs> yeah, been there, done that. The misconceptions are just out of mm -hmm. control because people just don't understand it. And if only they knew, sometimes the person in the situation is treated so badly. <laughs> sometimes you're like, well, can't win for losing. <laughs> like, you have to choose, like, who do I want to take the abuse from? Because sometimes the people even closest to you mm -hmm. look at you, like you said, like you have three heads. Like, what is going on? So I definitely commend you for helping because it's not an easy situation. There's so many misconceptions and taboos. So it's just an amazing blessing just hearing all the resources that you provide with that. That is a definite beautiful thing. So I wanted to also shift and asking you everything that you've gone through and just how you're here now, you're an example that there is another life. You can overcome, you can be healthy, happy and whole. So what role has self-love played in your life? Because, of course, what you've mentioned, all these different traumas, it breaks you down. And it's hard to have any kind of confidence when you're going through these different things. So in your life, to have the courage to leave, to have the courage to not only get past those situations, but you have extended that and helped others. So I know there's a lot of healing involved in that. So what role has self-love played in your healing, your giving, just everything that has built you to be who you are now? Because you definitely had to learn to love yourself and value yourself. And as you know, as you mentioned, value yourself and your self-worth. So what role has self-love played in this journey that you've experienced? That is so true. So self-love is absolutely important. It's a must in the healing process because as you mentioned before when you're in those situations of being abused and a lot of people don't realize just how severe and how deep the emotional part of that abuse is because the the physical stuff that stuff it'll heal mm -hmm. but it's the emotional abuse that can take people years and years and years there's some people who never get over some of those things the emotional piece of it because that's what really kind of sets you up for the physical part to start and for the other types of abuses to start is that by the time the physical abuses start they have already chipped away at you so much as a person to the point where by the time you leave that situation, you barely know who you are anymore. You barely recognize yourself. You know, all these things that you used to think about yourself, these things you wanted for yourself, those things have kind of fallen by the wayside because by the time you get out of being in that situation of being chipped away at for so long, you don't even know who you are anymore. So it's a matter of putting the pieces back together. And understanding that, okay, you may have felt broken after you left that situation. And you may see yourself as less than because you were even innocent. There's some shame that comes along with that. Because people will put the shame on you, but then you can put the shame on yourself as well. Because you're questioning, oh, well, how come I made this decision? How did I end up in that situation? And then, of course, if you throw kids in the mix, 
It's the mom guilt layered on, layered on top of that. How did I end up in that situation with my children? So you're, you've, you've been beat up, you've been broken into pieces, and then here you go, beating on your own self about it. So flipping that around, recognizing that you are a person that is valuable, that is worthy of love, and you should love yourself and recognize all those great things about yourself and that everything that this person told you about yourself was a lie. Because first of all, they knew that you were great. That's why they saw it as a challenge to be able to break you down into pieces. Right. So it's a matter of getting back to who you know yourself to be. And um, another visualization exercise that I do is if there was ever a time in your life, maybe as a, a child, a young child, because a lot of young children, they have this fearlessness about themselves. Like they have this confidence and this fearlessness. So there's a visualization exercise that I do where you picture this little girl who is just fearless. You know, she's got on a superhero cape. She's got a princess tiara on. She's got on these dirty sneakers and a bandaid on her knee. And she falls down and she jumps right back up and she's fine. She's taking off, doing something else. So having that tenacity, having that fearlessness and having that confidence that that little girl has, you know, tapping into some of that and even tapping into that higher source and pulling some of that as far as your, your worth and your value. Uh, for me, um, I, it took years for me to even address the trauma I was running from it because I told you I'm a bit of a type A. So I'm, I'm work, work, work. I'm on it. I'm okay. I'm doing this and boom, that's my focus. And so for years, I kind of just pushed, pushed it to the back, pushed it to the back. And so I wasn't addressing the trauma that I had experienced. And so it would come out in nightmares, night terrors, panic attacks and things like that. Because during the daytime hours, when I was just busy, 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 I wasn't I wasn't addressing it. I was ignoring it. So when I was in college, took a women's studies course for two full weeks, the topic was violence against women. So I'm sitting there in the class, in the lecture, girl, pieces, just crumble, just tears, just shambles. And so after the class, the professor, she talked to me and she was like, you know, I, I saw your reaction to us talking about this and I want to invite you to be a part of this group. So a group called Women of Strength on campus. Um, we are a network of survivors of domestic violence and sexual assault and we support each other. We do speak out events on campus. And that was the catalyst. That's what woke me up. Having that network of other strong women who were able to finally show me that you feel these things, you've, you've had this sort of mindset play out, you've experienced these things, and there is nothing wrong with you because of it. You aren't stupid, you aren't weak, you aren't these things that you thought about yourself as a result of having been in those situations. That's not true. We understand you. We get it. And so having that understanding and that community of other women who had been through similar things and they were able to show me the power that comes from speaking and, you know, not sweeping things under the rug because people don't want to hear about this stuff. They don't want to hear about it. They want to sweep it under the world. They want you to be ashamed about it. But if we start speaking out about it, because silence hides the violence. Mm -hmm. 
if we start speaking up about this and say, no, this is wrong, because there are women who are in these situations, they don't even realize they're being abused mm-hmm. because the way that they grew up fighting, arguing and all that kind of stuff, that chaos, that's their norm. So that's what they, you know, they feel like if somebody isn't hollering at them or whatever, that they don't love them. Oh, this person isn't crazy enough for me because, you know, and they equate certain things with love because of what they've seen, not realizing that, okay, this person should not be treating you this way. It is abuse. So until you, until somebody tells you that you're like, well, I knew it didn't feel good, but I didn't know that this is what that was. So, you know, just that education piece and finally getting into therapy, completely life-changing. So to this day, I credit those women with dusting me off, propping me up. And, you know, and the, the craziest part about all this, okay, so yes, I'm a speaker now, but from the time I was a kid, I was so quiet and shy i i barely spoke up about anything and so Mm. using my voice and seeing that as now my power my way of overcoming some of my own things as well as helping to lead others out and help them to feel empowered completely life-changing wow and you have said so much and i've been there done that everything that you're saying and again true when you come from a particular environment, a lot of people, as you mentioned, do not realize that they're in abusive relationships right now, unfortunately, because mm-hmm. again, and I went through the same thing. I equated certain things that I viewed growing up as love. It took so many years for me to realize this is not love. This is abuse. It's toxic. It's emotionally deteriorating. But again, when you don't know yourself, you don't love yourself. And also, as young children, sometimes kids are coming into this world and we're getting unfair sentences. As a child, you can't control what you see, what your environment is. There's We have no control over that. So by the time we become adults and we do have the power to make different changes, it's not an overnight thing because you have to work through so much childhood trauma and BS that was emblazoned in your mind that you think is normal. It's a lot to break down. So I definitely understand everything (laughs) that you just said. It's not an easy thing, but again, it is doable. So not to discourage anyone, like you can get out of these situations, you can heal, even if it takes a long time. And it's Mm -hmm. also a work in progress and it's okay to not be okay. It's okay even if it's been years since you've been out of that situation because trauma it has a way to resurface itself. There's just, I mentioned before we started recording, I'm like, I have certain triggers <laughs> discussing mm-hmm. domestic violence because it's, there's still that wound regardless. Even when you're not that person anymore, you still have that mourning period. Like, if only I had known then what I know now. Or you just mourn, you deal with that grief of the pain that you experienced in the past, even when you do get to that stage in your life where you would never tolerate that again you know because there are there's a lot of time that you lose going through those situations so it's a lot to consume so i'm going to ask you as we end everything what would be what would be your lasting words because again so many people are in we're all on a journey okay everybody is in a journey whether they're closer to that goal 
or the next person may be further away from it. But everybody walking this earth is on some form of a journey. We're all trying to move towards something. And right now, so many people I think are working towards, because we've gone through a lot, you know, the pandemic, I think opened a lot in people's eyes. You know, there's a great migration of jobs, people, are, the great resignation, people are leaving, people are opening their businesses, more people who, as you mentioned, may have had a shy period in life. I know I definitely was one. Now we're ready to speak and tell our story. So many people are on a journey. So what would be your final words for someone who may tune in and listen to this conversation? And they're in a similar journey, but they're still trying to find their way, which which 100% is okay. And they need a boost. You know, they haven't, they haven't started. They may have that goal in mind, but they may be struggling just to have that confidence to simply start. So what would be your lasting words on how they can secure that bag? You got to have big audacious goals. Just like Absolutely. Barack Obama said, the audacious hope, you have to dream big and don't mm-hmm. let anyone diminish that. So what would you say for that person who they don't get it? Like, you know what? It's okay to dream big. Like, the bigger the better. And they just need that boost. So what would you tell that person to inspire them? I would say that you owe it to yourself to be everything that you have dreamt of being. There is greatness on the inside of you that is waiting for you to tap into it. So you have to be bold enough though to get started. And sometimes it just takes a little bit of a nudge. Sometimes it takes a little bit of direction One of the quotes, so each chapter in my book has a quote attached to it, all of my favorite quotes. Uh, One of the quotes is, the difficult decision is getting started. The rest is merely tenacity. And it was Amelia Earhart that said that. Um, And what that means is getting started, that is the hardest part because you're overcoming your own thoughts and reservations. But if you make the decision If you push past that fear, picture, you know, whatever this fear is sitting right there in front of you. That's the fear is right there. Now, picture on the other side of that fear, everything you have always wanted in your entire life. It's right there. You can see it. What are you going to do to get through that fear? Are you well ready to push that fear out of the way and just get on over there and get to what it is you say you want? The decision is yours and you can always get started. There's never a time when you are actually stuck. Even when you feel stuck, you're not stuck. You can break free from that at any given time. And my hope is that anybody who reads this book is that they get that. That piece is what I want them to get and what I want them to understand is that you have the ability to do it. You just have to believe it. You have to believe it and you have to take that step to get started. And this book will share some of the challenges and they'll there. I feel like almost anybody can relate to some of the challenges that I have encountered. Um, Mm -hmm. And I also mentioned some of the other like well-known successful people and how if you think about it, 
and I, you know, this was one of the chapters in my book too. If you think about it, some of who we see as the greatest people, these most successful people, even if you think about superheroes in the superhero stories, all of those people, every single one, there's not one superhero you can think of that did not come from some sort of adversity. And there's a reason for that. So you can see yourself in that same way. You can see yourself as one of those super, you are the superhero in your story. You really are. And you can see yourself even in some of these other successful people's stories. I've mentioned Oprah Winfrey and the fact that she was an abuse survivor and she grew up poor and encountering all those things. And so the difference between somebody like an Oprah who was able to overcome all that stuff and somebody who has allowed their circumstances to kind of just beat them down to a point where they don't know how to move forward. It's just a decision. It's the decision to start. And it's that boldness, that ability, that thought process of knowing that in spite of everything, I can do this. So you just have to believe it. You have to believe that you're capable of it. And then you have to take the step. Yes. Yes. Definitely. What you said was so beautiful. And I just hope that whoever tunes into this, if they're in that stage where they have the dream in mind, but they may be struggling with their confidence or just struggling to be motivated, I do hope that they will view themselves, like you said, the way God sees them, because anything is possible. We can achieve anything that we put our minds to. And I know that it seems like a cliche. But when you really, truly sit and think about that, we can become anything that we want to be. And again, it's having that fearlessness that a child has. You know, a child does not have that mindset to put limitations on anything that they do. Even an infant, if you tell a child, we've all had experience with toddlers, they have no fear in the world. You know, so we have to have that mindset too, because absolutely anything is possible. And the superhero analogy, yes, they all had an adversity. We all can rip that shirt open and have that S on our chest. And I know we have this thing now where we are, we have to be careful saying that we're super anything, but we know what we truly mean as far as overcoming adversities you can uh, you can achieve anything in life so again this has been a beautiful conversation before we end everything tell everyone how they can connect with you how they can find your website follow you on social media and also purchase this book securing the bag that came out last month please tell everybody everything on your contact information okay absolutely so all of my websites, all of my events I have coming up, um, link to purchase the book, social media profiles, all that stuff is linked on my website, camibarnes.com. You can access all of my hyperlinks and everything there, uh, you know, see what my calendar looks like. So the next event I have coming up is a women's conference called Deeper Women Speak here in Atlanta. Um, that's going to be powerful and transformational. I also have some book signings and other events coming up as well. Um, I have a Facebook group that is specific to goal setting. And so my goal with that group was to kind of build a network of people, like-minded people that are also working towards their goals so that we can share those goals because you may not feel like you can share those goals with the people around you all the time. Mm -hmm. um, you may not feel like you can share that on your regular 
Facebook feed because not everybody's going to get it. It takes a certain mindset. It's a certain type of person that is bold enough to say, hmm, I want to do this. So I'm going to let me go ahead and do that. So we have this community where we can share those goals. We can share the challenges. We can have people chime in that might have a resource that you need. Oh, you want to get into real estate investment. Oh, well, this person is an investor. This person is a realtor. You know, this person is a lender. So these people can chime in and you can make those connections and really get plugged in. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank you so much again for this conversation. Again, this is Ms. Cami Barnes and she touched on so many amazing points. And I do hope for someone that tunes in, if they are in that in-between period and they need some inspiration, I definitely hope they pull some amazing gems from this conversation. And again, you can achieve anything that you put your mind to. And if you have had a period in your life that, like I said, life isn't fair sometimes. So if you have experienced something that may have set you back or tried to break you, you can always heal. It may take some time, but you're worthy of healing. And I think that's another conversation that we can't have enough of, that you are worthy of healing no matter what you've been through. You are worthy of healing. You're worthy of happiness. You're worthy to be whole because you can't achieve anything that you set your mind to. No matter if you're big or small, you can achieve anything that you put your mind to. So thank you for joining this conversation. You can learn more by going to www.goqueen.com to hear this wonderful conversation and also get some inspiration from some other amazing women who have achieved some great things and overcome a lot of adversity. So thank you guys again for tuning into the Key Chat and don't forget to go love yourself. That must have did this beat.